Yes, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome along to another delightful episode of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. It's Chappie, the British butler, your esteemed host for this afternoon's proceedings. And first, some very, uh, very sad news. I, in the week, uh, lost my beautiful, wonderful uh, little baby dog, Lizzie. Well, she wasn't a baby. She's actually 14 and a half. And she actually died in my arms on Wednesday afternoon. And it's been a tough one. I have to admit, I was uh, second guessing whether or not I should record the podcast uh, this afternoon. Um but wanted to. I think it's uh, excellent to get out there and get on um, and remember what a wonderful uh, 13 years that I had with her. Um, Got her as a rescue, year and a half old. Uh, Some awful person had put a cigar out on her back and uh, she was tough in the beginning. Very, very tough and difficult to train and quite timid Um, but over the years she came into her own and really became the mama dog and uh, was in charge of my two other pups George the Collie the Border Collie and Jack the Rat Terrier and even the other day on the last day of her life Jack tried to take a treat from Lizzie and she growled bore her teeth at him uh, so she never lost that feisty spirit uh, right up until the end so I think I mentioned on the on the dog podcast about a week ago um, there was a, a lovely little quote that I read uh, from Monty Don who's a gardener in the UK and he lost his dog recently and I think dogs are especially wonderful during the lockdown period they really um have helped a lot of people get through a fairly tumultuous time but he says a dog is an incredibly good way of getting you through the black periods because they love you all the same when you're feeling very unlovable this is partly because they have to go for a walk they have to be fed having a dog stops you thinking about the person you don't like very much and i really thought that was uh, incredibly poignant and um i'm gonna miss her she's beautiful Rest in peace, dear girl. Uh, going back to a slightly lighter note, um, we uh, we did uh, have a few quotes of the week here, which are always absolutely fascinating here. Um, if a handsome prince asked me to marry him, I'd say no. No thanks. And that was uh, from the historian Lucy Worsley. They are mucky, spread germs, and touch everything. That's a reception, and year one pupils have no idea of social distancing, according to Mary Bustard, the General Secretary of the National Education Union. She later apologised for her remarks. I've never been very interested in the Beatles. The comedian Barry Humphrey says he wouldn't cross the road to see the band, even though Ringo Starr is a friend of his. If you started spluttering, you'd be offered a clean tissue by a stranger. Now you're offered a clean pair of heels. COVID-19 has changed how we react to coughs and sneezes, said the broadcaster Jeremy Vine. And a movie is a setting that gives a tough, stoic alpha leader permission to cry. Director James Cameron only sheds a tear 
when watching films. So keep calm and cauliflower cheese. We're we're into our seventh episode. Maybe it's lucky seven. Maybe the whole thing will be sucked into the ether afterwards and uh, never to be seen again. Um, but restaurants are beginning to open here in the United States. Social distancing, 50% capacity. How um, how are they going to cope with uh, what's been going on? And the head of the Michelin Star Guide said that when French restaurants reopen, his first meal will be in Alsace, a region severely affected by the coronavirus. Alan de Cassi said um, he welcomed by chefs as a saviour, or will he be feared as the Grim Reaper? The question is coursing through French gastronomic world devastated by the pandemic. Analysts say that up to 30% of French restaurants could go out of business because of the lockdown. And I think it's actually going to be worse in the United States and probably in the UK as well. Um, so, I mean, very, very sad times. I mean, how can you have 50% capacity? How are you going to turn around uh, people dining in the restaurants? You know, you're just going to give them 30 minutes and they have to get out because you have to fill up the tables to to be able to make the profit. Very, very sad times. I hope all of you ladies and mantelpieces out there are actually uh, getting a takeout uh, funding some of these restaurants um, by getting takeout and pick up and carry out and all of those during uh, these, uh, these very very tough times but as I said on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese we do like to delve into the whimsy uh, we do like to um, look at bygone days you know with a smile take our time ease into life a little bit more I like to see this show more of a game of croquet than a uh, than a than a than an incredibly fast game of soccer or uh, or rugby or American football. It's it's uh, you know you take your time, you eat your cucumber sandwiches, always eat your crusts, obviously, which is absolutely vital when it comes to uh, growing up to be a big strong boy. Um, but this week, I think we're going to have uh, you know more of a poignant show, uh, as I said. Um, but uh, something I was thinking about in the week is the sort of eccentricity factor that we have um, in the UK and, 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 you know, some of the things that we do. Because um, I was thinking that you know, I was reading a, a recipe, I think, from the London Times this last week. And one of the measurements uh, within this actual recipe was a, a good glug. Now, it's like a nip of scotch or a dash of something. What does a glug mean? Is it, you know, is it, is it a, you know, is it just a, a splash? Is it a little bit more than a splash? And I was thinking about, you know, in, in, in British cooking, I know in the US we measure everything in cups and it doesn't seem quite as accurate as uh, some of the measurements, uh, the metric measurements that you get in Europe. But a glug is absolutely, uh, absolutely fantastic, I think. Um, and I, it made me think about the, um, you know, the, the, the confines of etiquette when it comes to making tea. Now, I'm sipping on a rather delicious and slightly strong, maybe a little bit stewed for my normal taste, um, cup of PG Tips tea. Now, PG Tips 
it comes in those wonderful pyramid tea bags. It's a British tea. You can actually get it from many, many supermarkets in the US and all over the UK. Uh, has a monkey on the front, uh, infamous PG Tips commercials of the 1980s. You should Google them. And I always make my tea. I mean, ideally, it would be in a teapot uh, with loose leaf tea. Um, but because of the rigors and rush of uh, modern life, I do now um, just use single serve tea bags. So I put the tea bag in. Never put boiling water on top of the tea bag. Absolute no no. Anathema to do that. Put the tea bag, um, let the water boil, and maybe a couple, wait for a couple of minutes, and then put the tea bag in. Pour the water over the top. Never put the milk in with the tea bag early on. That uh, that could get you chucked in the tower and probably your head uh, uh, severed off and put on a gibbet outside the Tower of London if you did that. So um, let the tea brew for a few minutes and then add a dash of milk. Stir it. See what the color is. I want the color to be a reddish orange. That is the perfect color for a cup of tea, in my opinion. And any of you charlatans out there who think there should be sugar added, then please think again. Again, I think we're going to have you arrested and you'll probably disappear uh, maybe into the River Thames if, you, if, you, if you're asking for, asking for sugar. So I was thinking about in, in the week as well. So we, we, we obviously, in today's dating world, in lockdown, everything's uh, Zoom. It's, it's like that old Aretha Franklin song, Who's Zooming Who, is, is, is how, we're, how we're actually doing dating these days. But I did see in the week... Um, and you see this a lot with bicycles being, uh, you know, f- throughout the parks um, here in here in Colorado. And attached is like a wagon, or as I like to say, a chariot with children um, behind. Now, I think it'd be rather wonderful if we increase the size of this wagon behind, you know, probably with netting to stop any mosquitoes, uh, stray birds, maybe any stray bears or hyenas, or any of these things wandering around the parks getting in. And you could take your damsel in distress and cycle pulling her along. Maybe with enough room for a picnic, a little chilled fridge maybe with a, a, a bottle of small champagne in there. But I think it would be rather wonderful and chivalrous to pull your maiden around, cycling around the park, pulling her behind in a, in, a, in a gorgeous, gorgeous chariot with a picnic ready to go. I think that is the epitome of chivalry and something that I may uh, have to uh, patent uh, after, after the lockdown here. So one of the big topics um, during the COVID lockdown is really, you know, what has coronavirus taught us about love, sex and living together? Read a very fascinating piece in the week by Meg uh, Zukin, who casually tweeted uh, to ask co-quarantining couples for the relationship drama. She was inundated with stories, collected all the information on Google Docs, and the social distance project was uh, was started. Meg's actually a 25-year-old journalist of the Variety magazine. She sent a tweet out asking for anecdotes about cohabiting couples. Uh, she's not writing a story, she clarified. I'm just messy and love drama. And when responses started pouring in, she replied to original tweet with a screenshot of one of her stories 
and uh, her co-workers uh, wanted to read it and and you know basically she thought okay we may be onto something here and there's something we can do with this after checking in with the contributors Zuckin set up a google doc to house the stories and people could pay one dollar uh, to view it and it blew up this social distancing project has raised more than ten thousand dollars for various um, uh, individuals and covid organizations and it's now turned into a free to view public website so she started the project she was living with a boyfriend and she wasn't spending much time together during the day he's at grad school she went to work and um normally by 4 p.m um you know they were absolutely exhausted after finishing work and a lot of people were getting in touch with her asking if the tweet was caused by a fight but she just thought it was funny that they're suddenly spending all this time together now COVID has started and people were working from home so she didn't want the tweet wanting people to actually email but it went viral and that's how all these people got in touch so some of the common themes she saw out of the stories the project was about relationships and she's uh was you know getting a lot of women complaining about boyfriends and husbands not doing the basic tasks around the house it's also a trend and this is a very british term a karen culture so in internet parlance karen is shorthand for middle-aged white women with two or more children and a speak to the manager haircut blonde bob um and uh so she was getting a lot of you know a lot of notifications um and feedback on instagram uh, with happy and very earnest stories one woman wrote about the silver linings of the pandemic speaking to her parents more reconnected with old friends and thought you know um yeah, everybody was on the internet was of the mindset of misery loves company and it's true um and there are you know also a really wild story of people down for it but people also looking for good news and happiness right now as well um one story really did touch her uh, and it says today my wife and i got into an argument of why she slices the block of cheese with a potato peeler when we have perfectly good cheese grater in the drawer and even when I got it out, she proceeded to slice the cheese with a potato peeler. Anyway, so it ended in a ripe Barney and we didn't talk to each other for the rest of the day. I mean, these are big things. I mean, the potato peeler instead of the cheese grater is one thing. How about stacking up 100 tea bags that fall over onto the floor and make the floor messy? Or the old adage of forgetting to put the toilet seat down. Just imagine how awful that is. If you're stuck at home for seven weeks and the person that you love or thought that you loved left the toilet seat up for a whole seven week period. I mean, normally you'd only see it at night after they got back from work or maybe in the morning. But thinking about how many time, times a man urinates during the day and, uh, and how many times he would just leave the toilet seat up. I think you would be going into a mental institution just for that alone. So I think we all have a happy place uh, during um, this time. Uh, I try to envisage it anyway. I have a beautiful calendar of watercolors of where I grew up on the North Norfolk coast in the UK. And I saw an article um, uh, on, uh, on Sunday and it may be, it actually, I think sometimes when you listen to music and when you sometimes um, read a piece of literature or an article or a newspaper clip or whatever, it really does take you back. And this is in the travel section of the London Times. 
And it was a piece about um, the salt marshes near Thornham, West Sands, Norfolk. Beautiful. Have you ever listened to a crowded beach, children's laughter, barking dogs, clattering kites, shrieking herring gulls, and the passive-aggressive tuts of resentful residents? Visit the North Norfolk honeypots of Hunstanton, Brancaster, Holcombe, wells next to the sea and Cromer, where all but one of the beaches are the Crown Estate, and you'll feel the icy wind of disapproval from those who are lucky enough to live there, but don't depend on tourism to pay the rent. Luckily, when God designed Norfolk, he built social distancing. From Hunstanton to Weybourne, a buffer zone of salt marshes separates humans' habitat on a 30-mile stretch of sand, known mainly to seals and godwits crossed by the River Hun, Burns, Stifke and Glaven. This coast is, more, is most of its length wild, hard to reach and empty to humanity. Close your eyes on Blakeney Point, Scott Head Island or Titchwell East Sands and you'll hear, all you'll hear are the turns, the thump and hiss of the tide and the whispers of the wind in the marum. So it did take me back um, to you know growing up right next to the coast. I, I think the North Norfolk coast is very, very similar to uh, off the coast of like Cape Cod um, and off the coast of uh, you know Massachusetts. But I think more of the islands, Cape Cod um, and also Martha Vineyard. A lot of dunes, a lot of wispy long seagrass. Absolutely beautiful. And one of the biggest delights, and we like to talk about food on Keep Calm and Carry On, uh, keep calm and color cauliflower cheese is the i think by the way every time i get the name of the podcast wrong you should do a shot so i think there'll be some pretty loaded individuals by the end of the podcast so one of the delights of this time of year is the fresh asparagus you get in, in the uk absolutely fantastic you get some brown bread beautiful piece of salted um irish butter on the bread and you boil up the uh, the asparagus you don't want it too mushy but you don't want it too crispy either slather that in butter as well and you've got an absolutely beautiful um uh, beautiful uh, tea time meal absolutely wonderful fresh asparagus um and also what you can get on the coast harking back to the north sea coast and I think you can get the same um, the same uh, items, and it's it's again it's like a sea asparagus called samphire, and you can get this on the coast, and again absolutely fantastic. You can pick it up a newspaper, you get it home, you boil it up again, butter, bread, it's like a salted asparagus, absolutely divine, and uh, really takes me back to the. Hello, days of uh, living on the North Norfolk coast a couple of miles from the sea. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, one of our most highly revered features on uh, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese is uh, Tales from the French Countryside. La Campagne, my rascal ridden uncle who now lives in the south of France um, again chatting to him in the week always highly illuminating and he was almost waxing lyrical when I uh, when I spoke to him um, the other day 
and I think he's actually starting to write a book and uh, this is what he came up with and you know he likes to break from English to French on a whim but uh, th this is the essence of his book here set mostly in a snowy town in rural France it at first seems like a straightforward love triangle story Alice is bonking her taciturn farmer while her husband stews in front of his computer screen throwing the body of another woman though plus a love-struck young waitress from down south and another character from even farther afield and the web is soon more tangled I mean I think he's probably been thinking about LP Hartley's The Go-Between it sounds very very similar to that to me I think he could be done for plagiarism it seems like um, it seems like I've heard or read this story once before but it seems like it would probably be R-rated and it would most definitely be uh, based on his uh, life or former life so more tales from the French countryside coming to a wireless near you very soon So we've, we've now coming out of this lockdown here and a lot of people are like flooding uh, to the parks and gardens and the beaches. And uh, I mean, I think Dirtle Door Dorset in, uh, in uh, Dorset in the UK was absolutely packed. It was like lemmings jumping off a cliff. And I actually think some people, some drunken fools were jumping off the cliff even today. I saw uh, Piers Morgan tweet out earlier. Um, but... One of the quotes was hilarious. So, you know, they're not practicing social distancing. They don't have any awareness of their surroundings or the six or the six foot rule at all. Um, but one of the uh, one of the kids, this is, I think, a park in the UK. And he said, uh, being in quarantine is not good for my mental health because I can't have sex. We haven't been able to meet anyone in lockdown. We've been working on our flirting skills online because all we have time to do is flirting. Yeah, so another one of our uh, delightful, uh, really delightful, delicious features that we have is the bongs of Big Ben, bong and bang in the background, is uh, one of our favourite features, Watch Wankers of the Web. So, <laughs> really more visual than, uh, than a, a podcast or radio feature, but... I just like to describe um, what I see as, as, as a Twitter handle, Watch Wankers of the Web. So it, I, I just described the picture of what I see. And uh, basically, today we have a slightly tanned arm, uh, faded tattoos, a Omega Seamaster watch, and clenched between the forefinger and the middle finger is a Cuban cigar and he's puffing away 
at this cigar um, and it's showing off his watch to everybody. And some of the uh, some of the responses here, jingle jangle, jingle jangle. Somebody else asked, what is it with these asshole cigars? Carl said, love the shit tattoo. The kids pull in the background. Clearly the watch belongs on a flick. 25 per month for the rest of your life. Uh, watch 30 quid from Turkey last year. Um, is that tattoo? Is that a tattoo or a skin condition? Looks like he's had some time in the backyard and he really does look like a, 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 as red as a lobster here. And uh, David says he found it in a cat litter tray. A weird mixture of tough boy stickers on the arms and the most bizarre woman's hands on a man. Uh, tattoos done with a compass at school. No Miami ink for these liver spots. So that was, uh, as I said, one of our favorite features. It's watch wankers of the web. And there'll be more of that next week. So we'll just let the big, big bang bongs bang in the background uh, for a little bit longer here um, as we uh, come to the the close of the uh, of the podcast. And um, here are some features that uh, we didn't hit today, but I'm sure we will on a future podcast. Too sexy to poop. If you can share bodily fluids, you can share a golf cart. Uh, bro birds, bro crows. Flintstone vehicles powered by farts, Randy romping reindeer games, and keep things clean unless it's dirty. So as we uh, we end the podcast today, uh, keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your likes on uh, on iTunes and all the different platforms that we have: iHeartRadio, Spotify as well. But just wanted to end on a on a poignant note. I know that we're in, very much into whimsy tongue-in-cheek humor um a good belly laugh now and again is fantastic but it has been a tough week and for all of those out there who've had wonderful dogs who may may have seen them through the lockdown period and they may have just passed it made me think of a little poem that i thought was rather wonderful um because dogs are our lifeblood they they give out love like no no other no other animal uh, and an unconditional love at that and this poem is called just a dog from time to time, people tell me, lighten up, it's just a dog. Or that's a lot of money for just a dog. They just don't understand the distance travelled, the time spent or the costs involved for just a dog. Some of my proudest moments have come about with just a dog. Many hours have passed and my only company was just a dog. But I did not once feel slighted. Some of my saddest moments have been brought by just a dog. And in those days of darkness, the gentle touch of just a dog gave me comfort and reason to overcome the day. If you too think it's just a dog, then you'll probably understand phrases like just a friend, just a sunrise or just a promise. Just a dog brings into my life the very essence of friendship, trust and pure unbridled joy. Just a dog brings out the compassion and patience that makes me a better person. Because of just a dog, I will rise early 
take long walks and look longingly into the future. So for me and folks like me, it's not just a dog, but an embodiment of all the hopes and dreams of the future, the fond memories of the past and the pure joy of the moment. Just a dog brings out what's good in me and diverts my thoughts away from myself and the worries of the day. I hope that someday they can understand that it's not just a dog, but the thing that gives me humanity and keeps me from being just a man or just a woman. So the next time you hear the phrase, just a dog, just smile, because they just don't understand. Anyway, ladies and mantelpieces, thank you very much um, for uh, joining me today on the podcast, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Uh, It's a lovely weekend uh, out there for most of you, I think, around most parts of the world. I know in the UK and France, in the the US, uh, the weather's pretty good. So enjoy it. Go and bask. Keep the social distancing away. Take a six-foot ruler with you and make sure you keep away from uh, all those nasty germs. Uh, So I just wanted to end on uh, a barking chorus from my dogs the other day. Lizzie was part of this. And uh, my darling girl, rest in peace. And this is them barking the other day, probably at the postman or something. So actually, it's so funny. Um, as we uh, as we heard the barking in the background, my little rat terrier Jack. Um, Lifted his head behind from under the sheets. He always goes under a, a double duvet and trying to keep warm here. And he was barking away in the background. Now he's coughing and sniffing. But dear Lizzie, uh, I love you, my darling. Uh, you're in a better place now. And there's George in the background as well, saying au revoir to Lizzie. Anyway, keep calm and cauliflower cheese returns next week. Thank you very much. Take care. Au revoir.